0: 48-hour art check best of podcast. We go live Monday, Monday, Wednesday on YouTube, 9 p.m. California time, and you can join us there live in the chats or watch them later. You can always check things out at CoreyKerr.com slash 48HR. We take the best conversations from those live streams
1: and rip them and put them into this podcast. Today's topic is Comic Trends. And I'm sure during this episode, if you're listening to this later uh, as an audio, uh, that Josh is going to plug a link, uh, which he's going to say incorrectly. Um, and if this goes up before the Kickstarter is ending, um, go to 100daysofmakingcomics.com, no spaces or hyphens or asterisks or capitalizations, slash Cory K, C O R Y K, and, um, and that, will, uh, that will go to the Kickstarter, which is awesome and yeah. i can't tell if did we freeze people that are watching this or is that just my
0: no i'm uh are we uh, gone
1: yeah i think we're gone. okay my my thing froze all right well that'll be fun for everybody to listen to later um okay so uh comic trends what um uh, yeah. i mean we could we could we could go back uh you know hundred years and start from then or uh, just start with what we're seeing like right now. Uh, where, where, where do you want to, where do you want to jump in on that?
0: Man, I'd love to dig into the weeds, but I think for, for time's sake, maybe we should focus on today okay. and then kind of, if we, if we feel so inclined, maybe work our way back. But um, but what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think that's great. Um, yeah. I, I have some predictions. Should we start with some predictions? Mm hmm. Okay, so my prediction is, as much as everybody loves Marvel and DC movies, I believe that very soon we will reach a saturation point where um, people will get really sick of it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's going to happen. Um, I think that's going to happen because of a number of factors. But I mean, that it's kind of like, do you remember that show, Heroes? It was like yeah. a yeah. It was like a show where you know, save the cheerleader, save the world. And, Mm -hmm. uh, like, the first season, I remember everybody was talking about that. And there was this giant buildup that whole year. And then they saved the world, right? And there was all this conspiracy theory and all this stuff. And then Season 2 came out, and they kind of had to say, like, okay, so we're going to start building up again. And they, like, sort of hit a reset button. And I kind of feel like that's going to happen here because Endgame was such a gigantic buildup over the course of several decades. Yeah. Um, and Gazbot in the, uh, in the chats is agreeing, agreeing with me um, that I think it's going to be a bit of a letdown, which I think is after this, right. I think Endgame was amazing, but after afterwards it's, it's very difficult, you know, cause what, what happened is you start with like, you know um, some very small scale stuff uh, and then you ramp up to some national stuff and then some worldwide stuff And then there's some space stuff. And then it got to the point where we literally have like giant space gods fighting giant space gods. Yeah. Like above that, you know, I mean, it's hard to get bigger than that. And it's hard hard to go from there to get smaller. So here's what I think is going to happen. And then we can talk about some trends. I think we are starting to see and have seen for the last little while the laying the foundation of indie comics um, becoming mainstream. Um, yeah. And you, and you see them kind of uh, you them kind of like kind of move into, you know, different um, areas of media. And I think they're going to, I think they're going to become bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and so I think there'll be a resurgence of a lot of stuff beyond um, like superhero stuff. I love superhero stuff, but um, that's what most people think comics are like as yeah. if, you know, like comic books are a genre and, uh, and comic books are not a genre; they're a media, and uh, and so I think that's going to happen, and I think it's going to start. I think it's going to start um, as things bleed over more and more into TV, and you see things like Deadly Class and Umbrella Academy and stuff like that. I mean, Deadly Class, you know, um, it was it was announced on Twitter that that uh, sci-fi is dropping it, and they are shopping it around um, for for other other networks, and I think it has an, enough of a following streaming online that 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 i i will imagine somebody will pick it up and it could be somebody with huge money you know i mean sci-fi they're they're great and they've been around for a while but i mean if netflix or amazon or something like that pick that show up you know yeah. all of this all of a sudden you have like marvel defenders level budget you know which which could be which could be really interesting so i think you gonna see more of that
0: Gaz mentioned, uh, off kilter superhero stuff like the, you know, Vertigo kind of style stuff. Like we still, we know Sandman's been optioned but it's never been created. And that's been that way for like 10 years. But when, what what happens when the dreaming like world comes to like, you know, um, uh, the, the Vertigo, uh, type stuff like Doom Patrol and Swamp thing, um, are coming out. So it's like, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, and just, and just but, the
1: fact that Neil Gaiman exists, I think, is going to yeah. be this. I mean, he he is going to own the world at some point in time because yeah. that guy is just prolific. And I feel like the last three or four years, um, I mean, he's been a great author forever, and people have loved his stuff forever. And the last three or four years, you see his stuff just blowing up everywhere. Yeah. And I just watched a couple episodes of Good Omens, and uh, and it is it is the goofy, silly Monty Python esque British yeah. humor that I've missed for so long. Um,
0: yeah, it's but got it's got that Harry Pratchett kind of twist with the yeah, and stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, but it's done in it's done in like a modern style with modern production values and stuff, um, and like modern CG. But then it also still has like the the weird like poorly cut out, like puppet rigged, uh, stop motion, you know, like title sequences and stuff. Anyway, anyway, so I agree. I think, I think, uh, I think Gaz is right. Um, and, uh, you know, you're, you're going to see, you're going to see a lot more, a lot more stuff like that.
0: Um, yeah, I I tend to agree with that. The, The one thing I'd also interject in there is that I think that, um, and, and this might offend people who are like super into superhero comics and I hope it's not taken that way. Cause I, I might, I mean, what got me into comics in the first place was what, like heavily, like to wanting to do them was getting really invested in Spider-Man. So right. I come from like an MCU background. Like I love, I, I lived and breathed Marvel comics for, for a good portion of my life. Um, But I think what turned off me about mainstream comics is going to start coming to a head with mainstream film because um, I remember this point where I was reading comics and there were so many hashtags at the time. They were not called hashtags, but they'd have like a little hashtag in a word bubble that was incomprehensible if you were following a series like you're following Spider-Man. And there would be this little hashtag when a villain's talking. They'd be like, oh, it's something, something. And you wouldn't understand it. You look and then there's this little box that's saying, see this other issue of this other comic to be able to follow the narrative. So then you go buy that issue and there's five hashtags leading you to five other issues. So before you know it, you've spent like 50 bucks on, on all these different issues of comics kind of jumping in at their story arcs at points you can't follow because you can't follow every single arc. And um, it just seemed like a marketing scheme um, at a pretty young age. So, like, for me, I got turned off because the 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 um, stories became less about story and more about these epic arcs that would get you to have to buy things. And I think they're, like when it's done well, like I think the MCU um, currently like did an excellent job at it. And I know some people disagree with it, but I feel like even the weakest films in that whole world were still some of the better superhero films ever made. Yeah. And, um, but I do think there it's going to be hard to replicate without it feeling like a big cash grab. And there are even points in that, that kind of feel so like, blatantly just you're you're forcing sales um and i think people kind of get burned out on that so so i would recommend like that's one thing i would say is like i think if the storylines just get too complex to where you have to see every single thing to understand what's going on um that could be a huge turnoff i'd say also just um you know the superman Problem you were talking about which is um they've always had this issue writing superman in an interesting way because you have a guy who's a god so now the villains have to be like ultra gods right and once you've gone to ultra gods like where can you go from there like it's it's it, it is kind of interesting to see like when the ceiling gets raised so high so it is interesting that when you get that epic, that sometimes the things that really stand out, I think, to people are more quiet stories that are, are or like off kilter stories. So yeah, I kind of wonder if film is going to kind of replicate the whole thing. You know, yeah, it, it'll be
1: it'll be interesting. Victor Victor had a good comment that um, he thinks that they're as they're wrapping up uh, phase three and phase four, um, that they're going to have to build up again. But will cater to a younger audience, um, and I and I could see that being a really good move, um, and I could also see that exact thing pissing off a lot of a lot of uh, pe- very vocal people my age. Um, but I I like I like stuff for for younger audiences, um, and I uh, I want to say I want to say that like if if you continue well it okay. This is why people don't get in prank wars with me. Should I I shouldn't say this on the internet. I'm going to say this on the internet. Please don't do anything. Um but uh I I'm the type of person who like I don't do the like the one-upmanship thing, you know? Like yeah. if if somebody if somebody wants to prank war with me, I don't want to do that. So I just end it. So like where, yeah. where a normal prank war goes like like here to here to here to here to here until it kind of gets a little out of control. Like somebody pranks me and I do one of two things. I'm like, okay, I just, I'd like to let this slide and just tell you that let's not do this, right? And then, uh, or I just say, well, what's, what's 11? What's 11 in this scenario? I'm just going to do that. And I remember one time in college, uh, this girl wanted to start a prank war. And, uh, and they came to our house and they stole all of our, all of our keyboards and mice and then left, um, goldfish upside down in, or in cups upside down. Like what, you know what I'm talking about where you flip upside down. So you have to, anyway. And so I just, I just calmly walked next door and I said, Hey, um, I just, I just need you to know that I don't do the, like the, the slight escalation thing. I, I just, I'm just going to burn your apartment down. So look, like, we could just like call a truce. And all of her roommates were like, they looked at her and they said, if you get in a prank, prank war with Corey, I'm on Corey's side, just so you know. Like and so it just kind of ended it there. But I feel like that that level of escalation that happens, um there yeah. is there is a certain point where you have to hit the reset button. And and Gaz in the chats is talking about um is talking about where like The comics, the mainstream, the big um, two—they've gotten into this pattern in the last like five to ten years, where they feel like they just need to reboot everything like every couple years, Mm -hmm. and it keeps happening. And I and I I think it's because here's the thing: is like all of this is based on like fifth century Greek like tragedies and stuff, and so like you know um, you've got Perseus, you've got all the, and I'm not talking about like you know, like the the pantheon being comic book characters, I'm talking about comic book characters being treated as if they were part of the pantheon. There's a certain, like, bounds and conditions by which you can uh, you can play. And if you get outside of that, people are like, oh, that's not part of that character. But if, if you stretch it just a little bit, you're fine. And that's like what yeah. Greek Greek tragedy <laughs> poets did forever. And the problem with that is there there aren't Greek tragedy poets anymore. And the reason yeah. that there aren't is... Eventually, you just told all the versions of that story that you were allowed to tell. They would get fined by the government if they upset their audience, and um, and so and it's not like that anymore because the government doesn't care if people get pissed about you know Wolverine or whatever. Yeah. But um, but social media fines these companies now if they if they if they step out of line, and so there's this weird. There's this weird kind of back and forth where there's a group of people that are like, I like good stories. And there's a group of people that are like, I like familiar stories. And then um, those two things are often at odds. And so then they're like, okay, so that we don't have any continuity issues. And so that we can continue to retell the same stories to please the people. um, You know, uh, we're just going to keep rebooting. The problem with that is like, if nothing matters, then no one cares about your story. And so... (laughs) Like, with the rebooting problem, if the stakes... It's it's kind of like Bucky coming back from the dead, right? If if Bucky can come back from the dead, like, is Uncle Ben going to come back from the dead? You know? Yeah. yeah. At, at some point in time, there has to be some stakes. And if there's no stakes, then why do I care? They're not really in trouble. And that's the problem with... That's the problem with a lot of mainstream stuff. And I love a lot of mainstream stuff. And I still read a lot of mainstream stuff, and it's fun. But... I know that at the end of the issue or at the end of the story arc, they're going to have to put all the toys back unharmed. Whereas in indie, even superhero indie, um, you know, like Invincible that just wrapped, you know, or, you know, anything else along those lines, like people die, they stay dead, you know, like real stuff happens and there are real consequences. And, you know, the fact that you don't have like 75 years of invested cultural history in a character means that you can kill them game of thrones style and people will feel it but there's not like this this outrage and clamor for nostalgia
0: yeah yeah and i i think that is touching on a really important point too which is like you know both the mcu and the dc universe like you know have their lazarus pits and uh, right and their um alternate timelines and so like it you know they um, like if something goes wrong, it's like you can time travel and fix it. Um, if somebody dies, you can just dip them in a pool and they're and they're saved and 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 back to life. It's like the uh, the stakes become incredibly low, and so the tension that you feel when a character is at risk is just really minimized because it's like well, you know, uh, they'll be back. You know, even even like I well, I don't want to spoil, but the, I, I don't know if it's too late to. I'm sure it's not really a big deal to spoil um, Endgame, but anyhow,
1: the spoiler it, ban has been lifted. So if you haven't seen Endgame yet, <laughs> why are you watching the show? Go see Endgame.
0: Yeah, good point. <clears throat> so we'll we'll spoil it, but before I'll give you two seconds, and during those two seconds, say go to the hundred <laughs> <100K laughs> comics.com dot com backslash Josh K. Um, so, <laughs> so now that that breaks over, um, yeah. I mean, the they kill off a character, like a really big character in it, so and, cool. uh, and 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 uh, and this this one character is probably going to stay dead. And that that is really like seems really impactful and stuff. But at the end of the day, even watching that, I'm like, well, they're still going to reboot that hero. So like that hero is just gonna be, you know, that guy's wife or like some young character. Like they're gonna pass the torch on to the next person. It's it's interesting because to me, um, what I, what I'm reminded of is like, you know, in the '80s, how music was just butt rock like all the time and hair bands. Um,
1: I, I missed I missed most '80s music because my dad is a '70s punk rocker. Got it. so i i listened to the beatles the ramones cheap trick you know that's, i kind of missed i kind of missed all of that and my wife is really into it and so yeah. like, every time i go to my in-laws i'm like <clears> i hate <throat> this decade so much
0: <laughs> so so the decade was full of like excess and the mainstream was pretty hideous but at the same time you had like sst records putting out these like records at a loss, like the majority of the time. And at the same time, like discord records in like DC, like, and these are record companies started, but like the case of discord, it's started by like a 14, 15 year old (laughs) who's, who's hand gluing these little vinyl records. And yet like that sound that was kind of going on in the underground kind of broke to the mainstream, not, not to the full extent. I don't, and, This, I think, parallels comics perfectly. I think even if you have indie comics break, um, I don't think they're really going to break. Like, I don't think they're going to break on the level of mainstream comics. So I do think they can cut through the noise and influence the mainstream. Yeah, and that's, I I think, I think the indie rebellious uh,
1: counterculture uh, underground, whatever you want to call it, and music is a great example of this, Will always infect and mutate popular culture, and I and I, I say infect and mutate intentionally because by the time and I, I don't want to choose my words carefully, but I want to make sure that I'm not misunderstood. Um, here, I'm not scared to say this. I just want to make sure that I that I'm that I'm not misunderstood. I like a lot of the stuff that's popular, and I and I and I think that's fine. And if and if that's what you're into, that's there's there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but by the time it gets mainstream, it's it's diluted and sanitized, and I don't mean like that. It has to be gross or not safe for work or whatever. I'm just talking about like the authenticity and the raw humanity of it um, gets missed. For example, um, every time Hollywood, which and Hollywood is just a Hollywood is just a churn of, of chasing chasing trends and missing them like there's that's that's what hollywood does and that's what they've done forever um and it's not anything new but here's the, and everybody's like oh they keep making sequels i'm sorry it's been like that it's been like that forever yeah. um you know it's not like there isn't a multiple jaws sequels you know but the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is that people learn the, they learn the wrong lessons and so every once in a while hollywood will produce something that is actually authentic and real and unique and connects with people and people, people in Hollywood, they learn the wrong lesson, right? They learn that, oh, I need to make a character that wears a red suit. And it's like, no, you need to write a character that speaks to people like that <laughs> character in the red suit, you know, or whatever. And so they miss, they miss the point of a lot of those things, Um but it happens because you know somebody takes a risk and so i think that's going to i th- i think what you're saying is right i think that indie indie will never break to the point where you know it becomes uh the popular culture because by definition when it does that you you lose you lose something and i'm not one of those people that's like mad at people for selling out or whatever no. i'm no. just saying that when there's when there's big money on the line um yeah. there are very few people that have the control to be able to do what they want to do um with it uh because you don't have the millions or billions or whatever it takes to to be able to make those calls and so decision by committee is always you know kind of okay most of the time yeah it's kind of like you know For, like chocolate it, chip ice cream
0: yeah
1: it's like it's not offensive it's not really good it's fine some of it's better than others, but it's still like just slightly better than vanilla. You know, yeah, like they're for, better. They're better flavors, but you risk offending people who don't like that flavor.
0: Exactly. For for every Nirvana, there's a Husker do, right? So it's like it like meaning I think right now what you're seeing in indie um, comics is, is the equivalent of like indie music where there might be a few people who luck out. And, and really break like um, in that sequence, but more or less, and you know, this is going to sound defeatistic. I don't think it is, um, but more or less, a lot of the people in the indie are going to be influencing stuff that breaks like, and, 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 and probably never break to quite that same level. And a really good example of that is like, you know, if, if you look at the impact um, Watchmen had on the comic industry and then realize like, a a good portion of the storylines the MCU has been basing their stuff off of the iterations of the storylines came after or during Watchmen as as a reaction. So it's like there's, there's some high stakes, but it's like a lot of what we're currently seeing in superhero comics and film are like influenced by like Alan Moore doing that book. And then that book that Alan Moore was doing, that's considered this big undercutting, Um, just huge like impactful book in mainstream comics indie comics were doing like 20 or 30 years prior to that. Yeah. So, so like, imagine if you're somebody who's reading raw, right. Or you're reading R. crumb and then you pick up Watchmen and people are like, careful, man, this is really lewd. (laughs) I mean, I can imagine the reaction of most people would be like, really? Like, I don't know. Cause like, I just read a comic by our crumb where like, you know what I mean? Like the, the, the difference in, in the, um, the levels of, of, uh, of complexity and, and authenticity, even within the mainstream thing that was really dynamic was all riffing off of things in the underground. The point being, if you're in the underground, you're in a good place because, because to me, um, you know, I, th- I think you will still see stupid movies in the, in the mainstream. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just in general, I think you're going to see divisive writing and, on television in books, like bestsellers <laughs> um, bestselling movies are going to use plot cop-outs as long as they're getting money. But I think there is this nice undercurrent of people who really want comics um, and really want authenticity and that undercurrent is the place to be because that undercurrent's evergreen. And that that's the part that I'm kind of trying to get at. Because I think if you think about like um, a lot of these superhero films in 20 years, how they'll be viewed, um, I don't know if they're going to hold up to the level of like a lot of indies that are probably being put out at the same time.
1: Yeah, and so which, which are going to be like those kind of sleeper – hits that they hit like 10 years later like one of one of the best comics and the best movies that has come out um you know in in recent memory uh i think it came out straight to streaming i don't even know that it came to theaters but it's i killed giants um and i i don't want to spoil anything for anybody who hasn't hasn't watched that or read that but like it's it's raw it's real um it's got it's it's okay for kids and it is. It deals with some really heady stuff, and uh, and if if you don't cry, you're gonna get close. And uh, but like nobody really talks about it, you know. I mean, you, you, you hear the you hear the like hardcore fans talking about it on Twitter and things like that. But like I didn't even I was I was a hardcore fan of that book. I didn't even know that there was a movie. I just happened across it on Amazon, and I was like. Is that based on the comic? And then I and then I looked, and I was like, "Holy crap! I can't believe that they made this." Yeah. There's going to be stuff like that that's that's yeah. um, you know that's really impactful that I think will be discovered and slowly build. You know,
0: like YA is a really good example. I think there's more growth in comics in the young adult world um, recently than there's been. So this would be like tying into the kind of current trends too, but it's like young adult comics are making so much headway in Mm -hmm. progress. I mean, um, and even in adaptation to film, like, you know, you watch like Hilda on Netflix. It's brilliant. It's so well done. And it's super true and authentic to the comics. And, um, you know, like to me, the thing that I was really excited about about 10 years ago was like being able to, like I was noticing Barnes and Noble's graphic novel section was just getting huge. And now when I go to Barnes and Noble, the graphic novel section is shrunk again and everything on the rack is Marvel. And I'm like, Oh man, like, cause, cause it was like, that was kind of where graphic novels had gotten. And then they, it, there was a point like about 10 years ago where you couldn't go to a decent bookstore and not run into like there's mouse, there's blankets, there's like these certain Indies that are going to be at every single bookstore. Right. And now we're actually backwards where that's not the case anymore, but you can sure find Spider-Man. And that's to me, that's, that feels like we made so much headway. We had the book section. We, we almost were at the point where you'd have the comics categorized by um genre that would yeah. be to me that would be the ultimate point for comics to get to is where you could go and you could see the fiction section you'd see the nonfiction section you yeah. know you keep the religious
1: the, section, the westerns like, and the sci-fis and
0: yeah. yeah wouldn't that be beautiful right but now it's like back to that rack of just mixed up nonsense on the wall on the on the wall or on the shelf and um and they haven't even bothered to alphabetize it you know, it's just like, oh, this is a comic, I'll put it there. But then you go to the kids' section, yeah, and it's a wall. And it's a wall that's, like, got, you know, like, not only comics, but they're, like, getting the same awards. So they've got, like, you know, Caldecott, Newbery. Like, all of these comics are starting to make headway in that realm. And to me, that's a trend I don't see dying because I do think comics – um, I think because of librarians and a lot of the hard work they've done with comics and literacy, um, I think they've made a lot of headway. And I think to me, that is a really interesting trend, but the part of comics, the little section and I really am in love with, I'm very bummed. Cause I, I do feel like it's made some down progress, although there's some really cool stuff when it comes to like, like the breadth of what um, uh, image is putting out now is astounding. Yeah. And, variety of what they're putting out and the quality of it has really upped so it's i don't know it's like a mix you know but um but i am kind of because i really thought there was going to come a point where you go to a bookstore and it's just like you know like a whole a whole bunch of sections i you
1: know? I, I think it i think it's going to happen yeah and uh, at my Barnes and noble because i don't really have any comic stores near me i've got one that's about 30 miles away and it's like uh, kind of a, it's about the size of a broom closet, but, um, but my, the, like I want, I'll, I'll tell a quick story. This is years ago based on the, based on this thing, but I walked in and, uh, and I said, Hey, how's it going? And I was like, good. And I said, um, uh, I said, Hey, do you have any, uh, East of West? And he said, oh, I don't. And I said, Oh, um, do you have any Manhattan projects? And he said, no, I don't. And I said, um, do you have blankets he's like i i don't and i was like okay well what have you got and he's like well i feel really bad because like you're listing like tons of good titles and i was like do you have like invincible and he's like he's like no and i was like do you have like oz from scotty young and he's like no and i said okay why don't you have these things? And he's like, he's like, I feel bad because like I read all those and they're great books and I love them, but I can't sell them. Yeah. And I was like, really though? Cause like you don't have them here. Like I would buy them. I have money. Would you like this money? You know, like yeah. you've just decided that you can't sell them. You can sell them. They're just, they take selling rather than like, somebody seeing a recognizable character and buying a story, you know? Yeah. Anyway. So I, I go across the street to the Barnes Noble and I, I noticed the same thing. I noticed that like all of a sudden it was like both sides of the aisle. Yeah. It was all of this stuff. And they, they had DC on one side, they had Marvel on the other side and that took up about a quarter of the aisle. And the rest of the aisle was like chock full of indie stuff. And then Mm -hmm. there was this tiny little section of manga. Now that takes up one side of the aisle, the other side is like sci fi novels or something. Um, Yeah, and it's about it's they're starting back in, right? And it's it's about it's about you know, a fifth of the aisle is like DC and Marvel jammed into the corner, the Mm. rest of the entire aisle is manga. Yep, and it is it is broken up into genre and like, like Alita battle angel movie was a legit movie that tanked <laughs> compared to uh, a lot of the stuff that people saw, because I think it was just a little too weird, but I mean, that was, that was a decent movie. Like I enjoyed it. Um, they stayed, they, they strayed a little bit from the manga. Uh, but I think in really good ways.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, anyway, I think you're going to see, I think you're going to start seeing, um, american comics are still going to struggle for a while but i think you're going to start seeing japanese and european um you know start to kind of entrench because frankly they've been better at being true to humanity for longer uh, yeah. than we have uh, over on this side of the world and 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 people are starting to recognize that and the younger generation they read manga
0: yep no, that's actually a really good point. And manga shouldn't be forgotten about in this conversation because that's made tons of headway. Um, like and and I don't see that stopping anytime soon. Yeah. Although I do think a lot of the same devices and frustrations um happen with manga artists too. Like there's a a whole slew of of um manga that's been kind of doing like slice of life stuff and then feels like outpowered by like you know, the Naruto's of, of comics where it's just like, once again, like they and by the way, this, I'm speaking as somebody who like I got really obsessed with Naruto and my wife and I like watched that and Shippuden. And then we kind of dropped off at some point in mid Shippuden, but, but I, I kind of love it. It's a fun series, but, but that's the thing is like, I kind of want just more, like to me, my desire for the trend and where I project the trend are kind of two different things. But like I said, the weird thing is I've never really been a trend kind of person. Like I do like some trendy things, but generally what I find I like is usually just subsisting right underneath, which I I think is a really, um, fun place to, to be and to look, um there's so much interesting stuff happening in the chats uh, regarding uh regarding comics, regarding the industry and stuff like that. One thing I will say that I'm excited to see happening in comics is like um there there are more options than when I was a kid. Yeah. And that's and there's more variety of of characters um and more representation and stuff like that and I think that's that's a good thing if done right. So I think there's a lot of things that we can, I don't know that I, that I think could be really cool, but it's at the end of the day, I think the biggest comics trend right now is on the hundred days of making comics.com backslash Josh K. And with that, we will wrap the show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Except I have the microphone. So you will listen to every word that I have to say. Just kidding. (laughs) No, I yeah, I think we could continue to talk about this for hours and hours and hours because yeah. there's it's so many interesting things going on. Um yeah.
0: yeah. Anyway art trends, we didn't even get into that, you know, like how brushwork seems like it's been evolving. Like that we'll have to do that actually maybe next time. Like yeah, just that would be just that'd be like, really interesting because i mean you've got you've
1: got some of the biggest heaviest hitters so here's here's a teaser for the next episode some of the biggest heaviest hitters in comics today as far as illustration goes um almost all of them just a few years ago were all told uh your 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 style is too cartoony it's not dc enough or it's not marvel yeah. enough or whatever and now they are they are the biggest names in those companies yep um you know, and uh, and that's kind of that's kind of an interesting trend. So that w- that would be a really that'd be a really interesting one. And Victor's suggesting that we make this part one, and I agree. So yeah. this is the end of part one. And as has been scrolling across the screen the entire time, you can go to 100daysofmakingcomics.com/slashcoryk c o coryk y um, k and uh, and that will uh, that will take you to a page. You click that red button, that will take you to the Kickstarter. Let me tell you a little bit about the Kickstarter. If you haven't heard, it's pretty awesome. Um, there's this guy that made this really cool video, and it really explains it really well. Uh, and there's 28 indie <laughs> creators that have come together and told a bunch of four-page stories about crazy creatures and cryptids and werewolves and unicorns and and uh, all kinds of all kinds of crazy stuff. And so, not every story has werewolves and unicorns in it um but we've got we've got mermaids and we've got uh we've got you know uh, all kinds of different stuff so it's 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 awesome i can't like as i'm pitching it i can't think of anything and i was one of the ones that had so many different ones but i can't remember any of their names I'll, I'll tell you this there's a clam monster that can turn into a dragon and makes people hallucinate that's in one of the stories that's the only one i can think of right now anyway go there and you can check out like the art you can check out and here's another thing about this about this kickstarter that i love about this anthology um, This anthology is built on an idea that I think will persist uh, if if there's any trend that is going to continue in spite of anything trying to kill it. It's that there are going to be groups of people that will gather together around those that are productive. And this book is not based on anything other than um, have you finished the hundred days of making comics? And that is a that is an interesting sifter because there's a lot of people out there that talk a, a big game. There's very few people that can finish something. Um, the, uh, being able to finish something is a huge indicator of a number of of really rare traits. Um, and so anyway, so this book is full of all kinds of different art, all kinds of different genres from all kinds of different people from all kinds of different backgrounds. And uh, you're going to get, you're going to, anyway, it's fascinating just to watch this group, super diverse in, in political opinion, in, in ideology. And, uh, and everybody gets along because everybody loves comics so much that they're willing to spend a significant portion of their free time making them. And those are the stories that have made it into this book. It is well worth it. And it is not expensive, um, and so go go check it out, and you uh, you will actually affect a massive change in a few people's life by being able to back this thing. So so check that out, and if you want to check out um, more of Josh's comic, his auto bio in the face of auto bio not being a popular guy in a cape um you can go to quarterlystories.com, um, and you can also go to joshua which is a brand new shiny website that has all kinds of good stuff on it and if you haven't gone to joshua like do yourself a favor and uh and and just peruse that for a little bit because it is awesome uh if you want to see my stuff as always you can go to cory kerr.com but more importantly than right now go to 100 days of making comics.com slash cory k that's more yeah. important than everything else You can check
0: it out in the show notes, too. There's a nice link right down there.
1: (laughs) Okay. So, And I actually don't care if you click mine or you click Josh's, but you should click mine. Okay, we will see you guys in a couple days. Have a good weekend.